Pushkin. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is that many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tightknit Brewing. They turn to Chase for business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. Together with Delta, they're putting 5G into the hands of ground staff so they can better assist on-the-go travelers with real-time information. From the Delta Sky Club to the Jet Bridge, this is elevating customer experience. This is Delta with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Last spring, my friend Stephanie and I had a chance to travel to Rome as part of her research trip. And as usual when I travel, we stayed at an amazing Airbnb. It was the perfect spot to check out the sights and just relax. But what was happening to my house while I was away? Did you know that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? Most people don't think about their space as an Airbnb, but hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone. This week's episode of Talk Easy is supported by Movie, a curated online cinema streaming a selection of exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new, hand-picked gem, and you have one month to watch it. Whether it's a timeless classic, a brand new festival favorite, or a critically acclaimed masterpiece, there's always a perfectly curated selection of films to discover. Try it for free for 30 days at Mubi.com slash TalkEasy. Welcome to the show. This is Talk Easy, a weekly podcast of long-form conversations with the people shaping our culture today. I'm Sam Fragoso, and thank you for being here. Uh, Today on the program, we have Reggie Watts. And uh, if you're listening, you probably know who Reggie Watts is. He's someone who doesn't really need an introduction, and yet also does because he has, for over 20-plus years, been doing so much uh, creatively. Did you know that he was born in West Germany, or that he's been playing violin and piano since age five, or that he was the lead in this Seattle-based group called Maktub, or that he played in over a dozen bands while in Seattle in genres that range from punk to soul to hip-hop, or that he loves, loves, truly loves kombucha? As is true about all of us, there's a lot to know about Reggie, and what you're probably familiar with is his work on Comedy Bang Bang with Scott Ackerman. From 2012 to 2015, Watts served as Scott's co-host of sorts, playing music and waxing philosophical. For many, this was the introduction to Reggie Watts as we know him. Multi-talented, a skilled musician, 
an eccentric comedic force, a uniquely singular person interested in the strangeness of life. Eventually, he brought his talents elsewhere, and since the spring of 2015, Watts has been the band leader on The Late Late Show with James Corden. The CBS Late Night Talk Show has been a platform for Watts to grow, but also still be creative. Here he is creating a song on the fly with Donald Glover. How about, um, how about... this has been leading to Spatial, his new special now out on Netflix. Directed by Benjamin Dickinson, the hour-long act was entirely improvised, an exercise in creative freedom. It includes witty observations, beatboxing, jazzy music, an 80s sitcom, and a ridiculous amount more. It's really a -a one-of-a-kind piece of art. It's something that we also discuss in this episode, along with so many other things, including his creative process, his fears as a performer and as a human, and how we move forward creatively in 2017. There's a lot more we hit on uh, this past Sunday at his house. It was one of my favorite episodes to record this year, and uh, there are some strange, wonderful tangents that we get on, uh, which is kind of what happens in my experience of talking to Reggie. You just end up going places you don't go with most people, and um, so I hope you enjoy it. So, finally... Here is Reggie Watts. Part of part of the show and part of your show with, with the music and it's being billed right now. I mean, this is how I'm sure you had it in mind when like they started advertising it, but it's like mm. a stand-up that's completely improvised. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, of course it's improvised. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine you ever doing a stand, like a Seinfeldian stand-up mm-hmm. where you're up there with scripted lines. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. No. No, that would be, that would be, uh, that would be really, well, it'd be really hard for me to do that, yeah. first of all. Second of all, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it would be that fun. I've definitely had my own versions of that, like if I've been performing night after night after night sometimes a pattern will start to emerge and I'll do a, a bit that's similar to the other thing. Or there's like bits I've, I've definitely created like little mini stories that are pretty, pretty written, but they're very rare. I've had like maybe four or five of those. When you were coming up with this thing, was there any concern? Like, can I really do an hour of just like bullshitting? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, when I, when I first got into Edinburgh, in 2005, I think, 
That I mean, yeah. Also, yeah. bullshitting made it sound a little derogatory, but it's no. Yeah, but that's, that's what I call it. Though. Yeah, okay, I, I, okay. That's that's exactly what I call just it. We're on the same yeah. page about. There was a guy on Twitter the other day who was just saying like, "Hey, man, less bullshit, more punchlines." I or read something that. Like that because I was outside. Yeah, when yeah. I was outside waiting yeah. here, and I was like, and I just like I was just asking. I was like, "Well, what <laughs> what, what is, is bullshit to you?" He didn't like, like he didn't respond, but it would be interesting because I think I know what he's talking about. Because when I'm watching it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's me," kind of like bullshitting a little bit. Well, yeah, as someone who watched. Like when I, I was there at the taping, it was like we're hanging on every word mm-hmm. you're saying because we're like, "Fuck, man, I don't know." It's like anxiety-inducing a little bit. <laughs> it's like a weird effect because you don't you don't know what's coming. Yeah, not that you do with other stand-ups, but like you kind of get in the pattern. Or yeah, the rhythm of it. Yeah, I mean, with a stand-up, like they, they can make you feel comfortable because they you know generally what kind of a what setups and punchlines they they have, like their style, so you can kind of rely on that a little bit um but yeah if something's completely improvised like i'm always trying to change up the rhythm or change up the cadence or remember you know a voice or a, you know channel some kind of a character you know like this i'm trying to approach it from a bunch of different angles that hopefully will be interesting to watch you know mm-hmm. is yeah so i try not to get myself bored but i'm trying to think about the audience and making sure they're not bored mm. Did you have preconceptions going in about what you wanted? Like a little inklings of ideas that you wanted to explore? Well, there's there's a, there's ingredients that I can ask for. Yeah. So for me, the ingredient was like, hey, Chloe, can you show up and, you know, um, we could do a tap dancing duet. Yeah. That's all I thought of. But, you know, but the moment that you see in the special when she gets up and tap dances, we, we, we hadn't done it before. That was yeah, the yeah. very first time we'd ever done that. And so... um so I can set up things, events to occur or people to show up to interact with, but I don't like rehearsing with them. It's just like, mm. I just know those ingredients are there. And then in the actual show, we'll just try it you yeah. know, and see what happens. It's like a weird chef type scenario mm. where like it's a chef and then, okay, you have to make that meat. And then here's like a bunch of other random shit you could throw in if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels kind of daunting though, right? I mean, am I just reading into that? Uh, well, I mean, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's liberating. It, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to think like, oh, um, there's this thing that's going to happen. I hope it, I hope it's good. Yeah. You know, there's right. that. Um, but you just focus on, or I focus on them, the, you know, I focus on it happening and then it being really fun. Like I, I chose it because I want, because I was kind of certain it would work, you know, to, to an extent. Um, and very rarely does it not, but, uh, yeah. So it's not too anxiety making. I'm more just kind of excited to like, Oh, when am I going to do this thing? When am I going to show this thing to the audience? And when we do it, I hope it's good. You know, it's Mm. more like that. Maybe I'm just having the standard reaction, which is in the face of any creation, I'm like a little fearful. Like, I feel like when I'm creating something, you know, there's always an anxiety. There's always like, boy, I hope this is not complete shit and a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear like, you're just going up there, but it's like, you're not just going up there, you know? Cause you've been doing this for how long? Like, uh, yeah, I guess like maybe like 13 years or something like that. Yeah. Like kind of, but I did, I did it longer before the, I did a little bit in high school too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll say like maybe 15 years, but then also some bits in the nineties too. So, but I would say strongly 13 years. Strongly 13 years. Like yeah. you couldn't have probably done this on year one. 
No, not not the way that I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, you could have done some sort of improvised. Yeah, I could have done something, but it would have been it would have just been slightly different. I mean, I just know I know things differently now and also the 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 fact that people have seen examples of my work also plays into the performance now. Right. So everything's all additive. But yeah. I mean, yeah, in the beginning it would have been like when I was going to Edinburgh and I was having to do an entire hour and I didn't have anything, you know, like I had to learn really quickly, like how yeah. to <laughs> fill up an hour and make it interesting. I just think it's fascinating that you're like backstage. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is going through your head? Like the moment before you're walking on up there. Not much in Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, like even in Edinburgh, I was like, sometimes I would have a beginning, and I would think to myself, "Oh, I'll start by playing the piano, or uh, I'm going to start by." being off stage and I'm saying stuff into the microphone yeah. or I'm in the audience or like, like I think of a way to start. Um, so that's really the important thing really just is how am I going to start? How am I going to begin? And that, that can oftentimes set the whole tone for the, yeah. the performance. You know, the part when I was watching the special that immediately stuck out in the moment and this morning when I watched it, it's a song that uh, kind of sounds like, Erica Badu's On and On that you uh-huh. sing about uh, relationships. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that one? you Have you forgotten that one? Uh, well, I mean, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Is that rehearsed at all? No, that wasn't rehearsed. That was all in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Got, we got lucky with that one. <laughs> have you rewatched it since? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, someone isolated it and now it's up on YouTube, just that, that little song. I mean, it's incredible, right? I mean, it was it was awesome. It, like it came. Did it, you feel it in the moment of like, yeah, holy was, shit? Like things were like, oh yeah, now this idea is happening. Oh, now this idea is happening. Like you know, it just kind of was, kind of effortlessly happening, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, to ride. <laughs> you were like hitting different sounds that were like <laughs> old funk, old soul, and like R and B type, and then mm-hmm. rap. It was like one of the strangest. <laughs> fusions to watch especially as it as it's happening live right it was just like what is happening and then, <laughs> yeah. like, but it's like it was a light bulb moment i think for the people i went with too my friend terrence yeah we were all like afterward oh that was that was it okay yeah, that, yeah. that was the moment yeah it was like some weird crystallization right there yeah yeah i agreed yeah yeah it was definitely yeah those are the moments that i hope for you know like when that something takes over and you can kind of just like ride it you know yeah it's pretty amazing also, the lyrics are like I think. Oh yeah, of the strongest. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it actually made for the most part continuous sense. It made sense. <laughs> yeah, it made sense. Yeah, you know, you how often are you like freestyle rapping? Does that ever happen? I mean, I do it. I can go in and out of like, oh, he's making sense, or but yeah. most of the time when I'm doing stuff, I'm just kind of it's a mix of like sentences and nonsense. That's how I feel every time I'm freestyling. It's like, oh man, this like makes sense. Five percent, yeah, yeah, twenty yeah. percent, and at the best, it's like fifty-fifty. Uh huh. And that's okay. That's cool. Is it okay? As long as, as long as it sounds cool, yeah. As long as it feels cool, then whatever. If it feels creative, then who cares? Are you a sound first? Yeah, I'm more like sound and music, and sound is like kind of important first, you know, in a way. Yeah. And the lyrics, if the lyrics end up being cool, that's dope. But that's like a bonus for me. Yeah, the line I wrote this down. You wrote, you wrote, you said, um, 
Did you go to a movie? How dare you have someone you cared about before me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't even need you. I never tried to cry. I used to ask so many questions like that famous one. Why do you know him? Does he know you? Did you do a little hanky-panky off at the San Diego Zoo? Did you see the koalas? Did you see the tigers and the bears, the wolves, the, the things you shouldn't see? Did you hold his hand in a park? Did you go to a movie? How dare you have someone you cared about before me? It's so right for me to get jealous. Cause I gotta think of you as a piece of property. I've gotta hold on to you when I say you're Well, it's true though. I mean, like that, that whole, like that must have been on my mind, like the idea of relationships and things because, um, Oh, you're talking about like the, well, you're talking about relationships, but like our desire or rather like our inclination to be jealous. Right. Inexplicably and unjustifiably. Yes. And it's yeah. like, why? Yeah. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's what's so, it's like that idea of like, how dare you, you know, care about someone before me? It's like, of course, you know, that everybody has cared yeah. about someone before you, you know, especially in the context of romantically or whatever it is, just whatever the relationship is like, but some people like to pretend or we, we like to imagine that we're special, which is actually correct. There's, there's everyone is special in that, yeah. you know, but we tend to some people more than others. Well, if they really are affected by somebody and they're very attracted to someone, they get very possessive and then they get possessed, possessive to the point at which they're like historically possessive too. Mm. They're like, they don't want the history to surpass. Yeah. You know, like the, the connection that they have. Well, it's because they weren't part of that history. They weren't. It's no. an unknown history. Yeah. You can't like, yeah. When you're with someone, they tell you that it's like you're reading a textbook. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? That happened? Yeah. Oh. I know. And how does that, what does that mean for me? Does it mean that I have to be better than that? Or do I think it's completely selfishly driven? Cause we're immediately not like, Oh, I wonder how that's shaped her. I know. It's always like, (laughs) Hmm. I wonder how I'm going to be able to better navigate. Yeah. That and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with us? It's, it's really dumb. It's really (laughs) stupid. That's, that's why. That's where that all that's where all of that came from, you know, because it's something I I mean, we've all fallen fallen victim to it. Like whenever you like crush out on somebody and then like you hear about an ex or you see someone's ex or, you know, or someone, a friend of a friend knows that person is talking about their ex or, you know, like what, however it comes up, like there is a tendency to go, Oh, how do I feel about that? Right. That they have an ex and, you know, um, but of course the adult, the adult part of you is just like, Oh, well that's, of course they had an ex. Oh, I have exes. Hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot I have a history. Yeah, yeah, I have a history. Yeah, that- I forgot I have a history. <laughs> I thought this was just me. I just woke up. Yeah, here, totally. Here. This is my simulation, right? <laughs> I'm in control of it. Did it? Does it? Or rather, has it? Not to make you like the old man in this conversation, mm-hmm. but like, has it gone easier or better? Or like, have you gotten? Has the realization like, oh, I should be an adult here mm-hmm. happened sooner? The older you've gotten. I yeah, I think so. I think. I, for sure. Because like, you know, men in America, especially 
it's it's kind of hard to be a, an adult man in 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 the United States because it's not really encouraged. You know, I mean, a, a great example of that is the movie The Forty Year Old Virgin or whatever. There's like this kind of uh, almost a point of pride to have like this kind of adolescent adults, like adults that are not adults. They're still kids and they still do fucked up shit and they smoke weed and they like getting, they whatever set off sprinkler systems or whatever the fuck. Like there's this kind of adolescence that's kind of coveted in a way by society. And so there isn't a lot of encouragement necessarily to be like, I'm an adult human and not an adult in like a gross adult way. Like you can still be a fucking idiot and like laugh at really stupid shit and like whatever, but you can still be like sincere and in the moment and communicative when you're feeling a certain way you express how you're feeling as opposed to let's store that away and let's, let's turn it on on a passive, passive aggressive rainy day, you know, to add that to the fuel. So, which is what always happens. It always happens. It's always going to come out. So I've been practicing as I get older, getting away from that like cowardly behavior that I've had where I'm hiding. I, I am like afraid to say what I'm feeling because I'll either hurt the other person or I'll disappoint the other person. Um, or I won't do it really well or whatever, whatever the reasoning is. Instead of doing that, just in the moment when I'm feeling it, I just communicate it. And, um, and I'm not perfect at it, but I practice it a lot more now. And it definitely changes everything because your relationship to someone, the more that you're saying, this is how I feel in the moment. This isn't something stagnant that I've been like, just like pouring over right. and then finally getting the courage to say, this is something in the moment that I feel and I'm just expressing it. And when someone can feel that you're like emotionally fluid like that, it really changes a lot. Yeah. It, it makes everything a lot better. Well, is that maybe there's like a respect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, that's so cool that you're, you're like, you, you're making an effort here. Yeah. You're making an effort and you're also respecting yourself, you know, like you're, you yeah. care about yourself in a, and it just, it's everything about it is appealing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing not appealing. And if someone takes offense to what you're saying, then maybe that's just not the right situation. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, if, if that, cause that's the best case scenario response. Right. Which is like the polite diplomatic. Yeah. This is how I feel. And not in like a rote. This yeah. Is how no. I'm feeling now. And no. This is not, not, you know, no. just trying to be forthright. Yeah, just be like, this is what I'm feeling. You're like, oh, that's cool, man. And you're looking at each other yeah. and you have a connection. You're like, the oh, eye this contact is, life. <laughs> is important. Like the eye contact feels necessary. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing that, I mean, like, you know, if you're speaking in like male heterosexual land, like a, a, a man who has a crush on a woman, right. like in that kind of traditional whatever role, like women, in my experience, really appreciate when you can make eye contact because eye contact and you're communicating what you want at the same time is like, okay, there's nothing shady going on here. Or I know what you're thinking, even if it is something shady, at least it's honest. And they're like, okay, I see what I'm dealing with. Don't you feel like this is kind of what has gone wrong in this country a little bit? I know that sounds really hyperbolic, but, uh, and not to get overtly political, but there's a part of me that thinks, have we just stopped making eye contact with people we're not in complete alignment with? <laughs> Have we just decided, you know what? I'm going to just avert my attention in my eyes. Yeah. 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 Because I don't want that in my, I don't want it to orbit in my life. 
Yeah. I, yeah. Is that I, too, too, I, am I, am I reaching there? No, I don't think, I don't think that's a reach. I think that, I think that whether it's, that's literal or metaphorical, I think, it's, I think it's both. I think it is both. And, it, and, um, and I think it, that is a real thing. Of course. I mean, it's, it's scary, you know, to, to say something to someone that you know doesn't share the same view as you and you might be commenting to the, antithesis of it or whatever and you want to communicate that it's hard to like like look at them and and say what you're feeling because it's hard to it's a fine line between a discussion and an argument you know or a fight and and so because they're so closely related i think people are just fearful of it becoming a fight and um but at the same time you kind of have to hold your ground if you're like i'm expressing an opinion but i'm open to hearing your side of it too Mm -hmm there's an art to presenting something in that way. So that instead of someone getting like really like blah, 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 like, like almost borderline physical aggro instead, they, they, they get a sense that you're just offering up your point of view. Yeah. It might like raise someone's blood pressure a little bit, but right. they're going to respond with words and then you're going to respond with words. I think there's just this fear of, of confrontation that people just don't want to deal with. Yeah. They don't want to deal with it. And, and I understand. I mean, you know, I try to avoid conflicts unless, unless I feel passionately about something. How often are you in conflicts? Like, you know, Mogadishu, um, the West Bank, Gaza Strip. Uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, so, man, a lot, a lot has changed. Yeah, a lot has changed. This whole year. I go straight to conflict zones. That's my vacation spots. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's just, I mean, there are, sometimes there are conflicts, you know, like I'll feel, I don't know. It could be like a, like a thing I'm asked to do or a creative thing I'm asked to do. And, and I show up on set and they want me to do, or, or like, here's, here's an example. Okay. Like it's not a huge conflict. It's just slightly artistic conflict, but I'll show up to do something and like, I'll be on a friend's show or, or just a show and I'll show up and then they'll want me to do this like musical thing inside of it. Like suddenly, you know, so, so it's like a show where you improvise stuff, right? Um, and so I'm like, okay, great. I'll have a character or I'll be myself and I'll just kind of improvise. But people almost always will ask me to do something musical, even though it hasn't been discussed in advance. They'll be like, Hey, you know, like, why don't you kick a beat or something like that? And I, I'm not really, I don't really like that. Right? Yeah. Because I'm like, well, first you didn't say that you didn't set up the expectation that that would be something. Secondly, I'm much more than just a musical person. Whilst I at the same time understand that people would be like, Oh, he must love to beatbox all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like if I talk about his hair or if I get him to beatbox, like those are the things. And it's like, that is like in my self view, it's like less than 1% of who I am. It's also surface. Yeah. It's surface. very, and it's talking about what we were discussing before we started this was just like, um, people using other people yeah <laughs> to to further along their agenda yeah and yeah. it's them avoiding con- it's actually them avoiding confrontation but it like it's, <laughs> yeah. the, it's them avoiding telling you like in advance right they could have just emailed you yeah yeah they could have just, e- could've just yeah. said hey this is what we're interested in do you think you'd want to do this yes i know yeah you're instead right. be like oh well, he's multi-talented. Yeah. So we'll let him do one and then we'll just throw in the other yeah, talents. Yeah, totally. I know. To totally. grab bag of talents. Totally. I totally, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that's what the thinking is. And that's kind of part of the like slight letdown. Cause I'll be like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a balance because it's, it's slightly a letdown, 
but it's also I try to see it from their point of view at the same time. It's it's mildly complimentary. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mildly complimentary. It's a really great way of looking at it. <laughs> it's it's just weird to me because I'm like, well, why not just use me in a way that you would like? Like if I'm if I'm a guest on this thing, why does it always have to end with something musical? Like, because what it says to me is like, oh, we're not as interested in your opinions, yeah. or we're not as interested in you just acting, or we're not as interested as you, blah blah. It's like almost like that's the Trojan horse. The Trojan horse is like, but what we really want is this. Well, it's like, well, just ask for that then. But you're, I think, in part right. I think they are more interested in that. Yeah, I think I think so. Which I'm like, and which which you know fuels me to make more of the things that I want to make. You know, the like, other stuff. Yeah, like yeah. spatial for me. To me, spatial was kind of like a Trojan horse for uh, the crow's nest. Hmm. Like that—that's oh. that to me is what the, <laughs> like me being able to put in the crow's nest. Like that's what I was most excited about the special. Not that it's a comedy special. Not that it's like on Netflix, which I was—I'm so happy it's on Netflix. Believe me, but Thank you, Netflix. But I just wanted—I just wanted a chance to like show that that concept can work. Oh, God. I want to make an entire sitcom. I want to make a whole sitcom in that style, but with like real sets and the the sick like you know, real sitcom lighting. You oh, know, that like, song! The song is perfect. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So the crow's nest. Like, oh my god! And you have Rory Scovel talking about like the dad and his dad. Oh, oh god. my god! It's so good. It's I couldn't. I was like, man, this is really good. <laughs> it's improvised too, which adds another layer of like. Fuck, how are they responding to each other and the energy being passed on set? Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, it really, it really is because, you know, it's like I didn't tell them shit, you know, coming, coming up to that. Like, like I just asked them a long time, a couple months ago. I was like, Hey, could you, or months before we shot it and just like, Hey, uh, would you want to be in this improvised sitcom thing? Sure. And that was kind of it. I don't even know, even know if it had the name the crow's nest yet, but I, I, I came up with the crow's nest. I was like, Oh yeah, the crow's nest. And then like, and then basically told my friend Steve Scalfati, who's like the master at 80s sit- sitcom themes. Um, he's done a couple of them for me. And I was like, okay, it's the idea is improvised sitcom. It's called The Crow's Nest. I'm thinking Perfect Stranger theme song vibe, 1988, <laughs> whatever. And then he just pulls that out of his ass. And I'm like, within an hour, within an hour, he had sent that. And I'm like, that's it. And then he just cleaned it up a little bit. And that's it. And then, then a day before we were supposed to film... Rory and Kate were like, should we know anything about tomorrow? And then I was like, here's the theme song. And I just sent them the theme song. And then Rory wrote back after listening to it. He was like, okay, I got it now. Yeah. (laughs) That was all he needed. He just needed the theme song. And I was like, that's, that's what I loved about it is like, my theory is that you don't need any preparation. You just need, you need really, you need to set an environment for something to occur, to occur within. Right. And then you just need like one kind of strong, kind of inspirational element which in this case would be the theme song yeah but then this and then the the sphere that it operates within is like couch end table a lamp one taxidermied animal a feather duster and some books that's all (laughs) i needed i was like that's what i need these are the people i'm gonna use here's the theme song and that's all that's and then coverage those are the ingredients those are the ingredients and i knew if as long as i had those ingredients it'll work right and, and that was it. And we, we went in there cause we already know we, the thing is like you, you already know the, the script is already there. Like all of the tropes, all of the reactions. The script is the tropes, mm-hmm. the people involved, mm-hmm. your past experiences with them mm-hmm. and the general 
basic Conzi, which is a sitcom. Yeah. And then that, that's it. That's it. That's you everybody knows it. It's like yeah. being on stage. You're like, Oh, now this comes yeah. next. Now here's that awkward beat. Now here's the, you know, it just all starts to flow. It's amazing. It's a really amazing thing. Plus you're not doing six seasons in a movie. Yeah, like, right. You're, right. Do, you're doing yeah. a few scenes. Yeah, a few scenes and that's it. But like, at least there's proof of concept now that when I see for me on Twitter feeds, when I say like, I want to see a whole season of the crow's nest, <laughs> it's like the crow's nest rules. I can't believe the crow's nest. And I'm just like, yeah. And like, for me, that's like the most successful thing about the special is people liking the crow's nest. <laughs> Hey everyone, putting the conversation with Reggie on hold for a second uh, to talk about Lav Diaz, which is undoubtedly the strangest transition in personality, maybe ever. But uh, he's a Filipino filmmaker you should really check out. His films, as Reverse Shot has written, are more whispered about and lusted after than actually seen. That was true until uh, Mubi, who's doing this really great retrospective of his rare hard-to-find films from Melancholia. It's the first ever retrospective of his work, and a really exciting program, not just for movie, but for all cinephiles who've been trying desperately to find his work. They're showing one title a month for a full year, uh, which is only exclusively on movie. So if you have some time this week or over the Christmas break, check it out by heading on over to movie.com slash talkeasy for your free 30-day trial. Just signing up and going through this great platform really does help out movie, but also this podcast. Now, back to Reggie. Was it part of me like kind of forgot we were doing a podcast? Oh, yeah. I like, I like that. <laughs> it was good. I, was, I was like, oh, do I have a question? Oh, oh, yeah. It's like, Actually, hey, man, what are questions? What are who are we? Why do we even ask questions? Corey, Corey, I know you're hearing that Corey's the one who edits the show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Say hi to Corey. This is- hey, Corey. <laughs> what's going on, man? What do you, hey, did you get good sleep, whatever? Yeah. I hope so. I hope you got good sleep. Yeah, I hope you got Corey, just, just know that we're here with you right now. <laughs> in this moment. We're in this moment and, that you're listening and, to this. And people listening to the show. Oh, there's also people listening to the show, yeah, and they might be also here. They're probably good people, I think. I'm hoping. I mean, that's all you can. If they do. like you or they like me, I hope. Yeah, I hope we don't have like white nationalists. Maybe white nationalists just enjoy. They like, like love this weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I need to get inside their heads. That would be genius. Yeah, that would be. They would really get a strange insight. That would be kind of cool, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, if there's any white nationalists out there, just you know, know that you're not actually white. That you have genetics from all different races and. You know, hey, but if you just want to say that, hey, the way you look is white, I get it. You know, a lot of Jews could say that too. They look white, but have you been following this conversation about Jewish people in the news? Like this, like like, what about like CNN was running stuff, The Atlantic was running stuff. Like, are Jewish people white, or like are Jew like are Mm -hmm. Jews like really crazy headlines? Interesting, and I've been baffled by. They've come up. I've seen them online. It's just like, well, I mean, I've had that. I've had that discussion because I have some some of my friends who are Jewish. Like, I I kind of don't have. I have very low Judar. <laughs> like, I I don't really go around going. Well, they must be Jewish. Like, I've never. I've no, always. Way, I, I don't think that's a thing. It's. it's, it's I've it's never a, heard anyone say Judar. Judar. No, I think that's a new. I think. Ju- I think. Ju- I think my friend, <laughs> my my Jewish American Jewish friends will definitely have Judar okay. for sure. They definitely are like, oh, well, that's. 
you know, that's so-and-so and they're probably this. But for me, I just, I never think of it. So oftentimes I just think of most of my Jewish friends as white. Yeah. Because if to a certain degree, if you look white, you're treated as white. So like, there's kind of nothing more than that. It's not like you're wearing around a pedigree, you know, right. or you're wearing your, uh, you know, Finkelstein name badge <laughs> on your, you know, like, Oh, well then that person's oh, the probably Jewish. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Finkelsteins must be Jewish. Right. Um, but yeah. So for me, if that argument that could apply to everybody could apply mm-hmm. to Latinos could apply to Argentinians look like white people, uh, certain, I mean, a certain population of the Argentinians, there's all kinds of people that look white. They're like, is a white person, a white person, or what is a white person? Yeah. What is it? Like, is it Northern European only? Is it, you here, know? here is my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. Who gives a fuck? It only matters in that white people should all collectively agree <laughs> and understand the extent and depths of privilege. Sure. And, and agree and understand it and do everything in their power to make it as egalitarian yeah. and equal as possible. Yeah. Everything else should be, re- we, we should just be just giving a shit about people. Yeah. It's like a strain. That's a, my reduction of it. Like that is the bottom line. Is let's just give a shit about people and yeah. see them as as the equals as they are, and that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's all. That's all. It, that's all it ever should be. I feel embarrassed even saying Tough. that out loud. Like, yeah. why, like, why do we even have? To, why do I have to say that? Yeah. Well, because it's it's just it's a mixture. I mean, for me, it's like I understand to the extent that human nature dictates uh, a desire to hang out with people that are like minded, and whether that's visually. Right. look like people visually or if they just have an opinion about something or they're they're artistic or they're creative or they're crazy or they're wild or they're short or they're tall whatever we have like ways of group we like grouping ourselves into things situations because it's instinctually creates trust which I, I get it it's like well here's my tribe well i trust these people and also, it wasn't that long ago that we were pretty segregated. We're still segregated. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's less visible and then in turn more insidious because it's less visible. Yeah. But, but we've been more like hyper mixed up. We've been yeah. hyper mixed up at for a very short period of time we're getting better for our entire history of yeah. human beings. Cause for a long time, like Pacific Islanders were just chilling on an island and everyone looked like them. And then in a rare while, like, you know, some crazy ship would show up and there'd be like a bunch of weirdos with horses and shit. And you'd be like, what the fuck is that about? So, but that was like kind of recent. There, yeah. People have been isolated for a long time. So that instinct is still pretty strong and we still use it for safety reasons, but you have to overcome it with education and right. awareness. And that's, that's what you're talking about. Um, and, and it goes for the minority side. It's the same way. Stop viewing, stop as a minority. Like I've never thought of myself as like, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minority. I'm, uh, I'm disadvantaged. Right. Like I've never thought of myself in that way. I just think of myself as a, a human being and I look a certain way, but I can, I can kind of dictate how, what a person thinks of someone like me by the way that I act and the way that, and the things that I do. Mm. You're talking about tribalism. Yeah. Those are but tri- it's like, and trust. Is it harder now? That you've like done more stuff that's in the public mm. for you to trust people. I like, guess trust a harder thing. Uh no, no, not at all. I, you know what it is. I, I know that's broad, but I think you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think I do. I, I think. 
Well, I think I, I think I have the same level of trust when I'm dealing with people because the thing is, like, the more people that you end up meeting throughout your life, or if you're involved in an industry or a mode in your life where you're meeting a lot of people, a lot of people are coming in and out of your your physical space. Um, I think that you can develop a way of trusting people by just trusting that trusting the best part of who they could be, you know, like just, just, just kind of agreeing that, you know what, I'm just going to address the best part of that person. Right. And, and, and hope that, hope that that hits and that that best part of themselves recognizes that communication of that. Yeah. And then, and then does the same back at That's me. That's a real communication of ideas. Yeah. It's almost like telepathic. Yeah. It's, it's definitely <laughs> telepathic. I mean, it's, it's close to telepathic. It's yeah. definitely, I mean, there's an actual thing that's happening, but it, but it, it is kind of like a, it's almost, like it's a, com- it's a compressed file and right. it's like, it's a compressed form of communication. It's a little amount of information that triggers something bigger inside of someone. But so I do have trust that people are going to be the best that they can be. And that's how I start. If someone continues to be a shithead, and then, it, yeah. and then I'm just like, okay, well I tried. It's good that I'm that's your here. baseline though. I think that's like, I, I think that says a lot about you. Like you're fairly, I don't know, optimistic about people. Yeah. I try, I try to be, yeah. Because I mean, because it exists, it's like every person has a good, version of themselves no matter how shitty how shitty they are they've, they've cared about something at some point in their life does donald trump have a good version of himself? <laughs> i you know i think donald is i think donald's kind of a well he's a he's a brand he's kind of he's kind of hollow you know he's a he's a hollow kind of person that really <laughs> uh relies on the opinions of others um to define who he is and um and i you know he has feelings and shit and I'm, i know that he probably cares for his family a lot and he um and to the extent that he wants people to like him he will care about things to get people to like him so you know it's there are people i've met people like that many many times over and and it's fine it's you just have to like hit you again if you hit them at their best place yeah. and they come back at there's a higher likelihood that they're going to come back at you from their best place so if you if and that's like a, a combination of respect and acknowledging that they have the capability of being a very good person right and i think that that's what like i don't know that's what anybody who would be talking to someone like that would if they're smart that's how they go into it because they're appealing to their their ego um, but they're also genuinely giving them some respect as a, as a person who is alive and who has accomplished whatever they've accomplished at this point in their life. Like you can at least afford someone that you don't have to agree with the actions they've taken mm. or the things that they've created or caused other people to do. But if that's the starting point, then at least there's a, there's an open channel to exchange ideas. And those ideas might be helpful in helping that person realize some more positive things, mm. you know, that's really the only thing you can do. Otherwise you're just like, you're just fighting fire with fire right, and it right. doesn't do anything. It's the, the new, the nuance of that situation is tricky though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's instinctual, but it's also, uh, um, yeah, it's a, it's a high amount of emotional intelligence. It's In just, a way it does. It's like kind of connects back to what we were talking about. There's been a strange attempt at monetizing your weirdness. <laughs> your complete you know the singularity this sort of singular quality you have yeah and that's i guess that's what i meant by trust is like in this city yeah you know, i'm new to it but yeah. like do you ever do you ever see that and worry like 
it's, you can't escape it in a way. Like they keep trying. I, I feel like that's what uh-huh. they're doing on the James Corden show. Not that you not the show's. Yeah, no, no, trying. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think what it is is there's an awareness that people. For, for me, I think the only thing that matters is if someone wants to do something with me, and it's I don't know slightly more high high profile thing or whatever it is. As long as they're allowing me to do whatever I want when I'm supposed to be doing something, then that's okay with me because that's like the ultimate. That's just the, the ultimate as a performer that you want. You want to have free reign. You know, it's like, mm. well, here's your time limit. It's like, okay, well, within that time limit, I'll just do whatever. Mm. And they're like, yeah, we trust you to do that because we want to be a part of whatever it is. Whatever it is. And I'll be like, okay, well, great. Well, then I'll just do that. And then, and also choosing the things that I'm doing as well, you know, but, um, yeah, that's really fun. It's, it's, um, you know, it's like, oh, you really, you're okay. So you want me to do this thing and you're just going to let me say whatever I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Great. When did did you realize the moment where you had ascended to that point? Well, I mean, the thing is like, I've kind of like been that way for so long that, it feels kind of like feels like the same that I always have been. I think I think there are things that I'll notice where, like if Netflix is you know oh you're gonna do a comedy all my comedy specials have been improvised, but like you know for Netflix to say like oh yeah you're gonna do an improvised special and like yeah yeah and these are the things I want to have in it and them not really pushing back in any way, mm. that's amazing. Like, that yeah. was a, that's an incredible feeling. I'm like oh people trust my judgment. And they trust also what I do and they're okay with that process. And that's kind of all I care about, but it feels like I have been doing that for a while, but there are definitely milestones or whatever. Mm. Do you still feel like the late night show is not satisfying in the ways that you want art to be? Well, I mean, it's, it's its own thing. I mean, again, because musically we can, myself and the band can choose whatever we want to do. Mm. Um, it feels fine. Like I, I you know, I, I, I get to do, I get to, you know, they let me do a thing to promote spatial the other day. And it was just something I came up with last minute and asked for some parameters and they provided it and it worked out really, really well. Um, and yeah, as long as I'm doing that, then it doesn't, then, then I'm happy being a part of something. It's just when they, start asking me to do specific things over and over again. Or the, I, I feel them narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I get a little bit closer. That's when you're like trying to push. Yeah. That's when I'm pushing back. But are you pushing back though? Cause you strike me as just such a, like, like a nice guy. You know? <laughs> How much pushing back are you doing? Or is that you hired people to push back for you? Well, you know, I try to set, you know, the, the thing that you always want to do is you want to set up the expectations in advance. Right. You know, so with my management and my lawyers or whatever, like my agents, they know what I like to do. And I just tell them, you know, I'm an improviser. I like to improvise. So just set up a structure for me and I'll improvise within it. And that's it. And they, they keep saying that over and over and over again. And it just becomes a part of the deal. Yeah. And... And so that's good. So at least that expectation is set. And then if someone tries to pull something that they think I'd be into doing, you know, and I'm not feeling it, I'll just say like, I'm, I'm not wearing that, you know, or <laughs> can you do that? And I'll be like, no, I, I don't really want to do that, you know, and, and it's not that often. I'm not wearing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wearing that. I'm not doing that. It's my favorite. Just me imagining you doing that. Yeah. No, 
Yeah. I'm not wearing that. No, it's cool. I'm not, I don't need to wear that. Have you made something you love? Have I made something I love? Yeah. Ever? Uh, my daughter? No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a daughter. Um, I wonder where is she? Yeah, is she I not here no, today? No. She's in another reality. She's at school. It's Sunday. doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking care of her in a parallel reality, so oh. I don't have to in this one. It must be nice. It is really nice, actually. I love her. She's really great, though. Um, Weekends with her, right? Yeah. Yeah, mildly. I can just kind of feel her ambiently for a weekend. That's it. And that's enough for me. For her? No, for me. <laughs> and for her, maybe. I don't know. I've never gotten to her side of things. We don't talk much. Yeah. Um, so it goes. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've made, you know, song, music that I love. I know that's a, that's a strange question. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that I make that I love, but they're sometimes they're very, very small. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like a, a dumb concept or an idea or, uh, yeah, it's really kind of. It's, I think it's more like, there's no, like, there's not like big things that I've made that I've loved. I, I'm, I'm, we're always working towards getting to a point where I can make a music video and say, like, I love everything about this music video. This mm. is so cool. Um, or this short film that I did is great. Or the scene where I was acting dramatically. Like, I actually liked that. Like, I, I am always shooting for that because I know what it is when, when it hits, but, so far, it's it's been a while since I've made anything, at least in a visual category, like filmically, that I'm like 100%. I love all of it. Mm-hmm. There's always like something like, oh, I could have done that better. Uh, lighting was weird there. I could have delivered that more strongly and blah, 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 blah. So that's why I'm kind of looking forward to doing more stuff like The Crow's Nest, but with multicam like narrative, but right. evolving narrative. You work fast. Is that, isn't that your, like, yeah, your... I love, I love to just get it done. Yeah. See, I, I remember you telling me that I was like, you go, you go into a studio and then you just make, there's like someone who has the record button on mm-hmm. and there's just like a bunch of instruments. Yeah. Why do you think you record or why do you think you work so fast? Um, is it like a patience thing? No, I, I think it's just to preserve the idea. Cause once I'm feeling something, there's just, there's a, there's a gateway mm-hmm. of opportunity, you know, to capitalize on it. Right. And the longer, like a door opens and you're like, all right, yeah, it's now or fucking never. Exactly. Yeah. That's totally what it is. And I'm not as good with like working on something, taking a break, coming back to it. Right. Come back. I just kind of want it to be done instantaneously. You know, I want to, I want an entire album to be finished in a couple of weeks, you know, and just like put out the album. Cause I feel like I can put out a lot of stuff if the production process can keep up with me. Mm. And, um, you ever worry about stagnation? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd never want, I never want to feel stagnant and, you know, but at stagnation for me occurs only when, um, I can't, actualize my ideas it's not really about um fear of not having ideas it's just about the fear of not being able to get my ideas out fast enough but i'll always figure out some way to do that Mm. um yeah that's like my number one goal is to preserve that you know that ability to you know just put something out into space for one person or for thousand people Mm. and and yeah, so that's all that concerns me. I wonder what stops us from doing that more often. Like, do, do you ever wonder, like, man, we should just be creating all the time? Like, ev- yeah. like, 
most days of the week I should just be at my house. Yeah. Working on something that's like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, for people that make stuff, there's no reason why you shouldn't be making that all the time, but there are also practical realities. You know, there's like people have other jobs or they need to get something done yeah. or they've got kids or they've, they're, no, they're what we tired. They're the, they're the, what we talked about, like <laughs> beholden to calendar. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, yeah. The, yeah. Once you like, you feel like, Oh, well, I've got to, got to complete this thing when I'm supposed to complete the thing. And if I don't get the thing done, then it's blah, 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 blah. But if you, if you feel like you have more to, to offer creatively, then you kind of have to create the space for that to happen. Which means maybe giving up the job, maybe giving up some of the comfort, things that are comfortable in your life, um, because you have to kind of give in to, um, you know, being a, the protector of your creativity or whatever. Does like, it ever seem like you? Uh, it's like Groundhog Day when you wake up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's how when I'm like been in the trenches of working on something or just. Since I moved here, actually, because mm-hmm. it's sunny and it's yeah. like weirdly nice yes. right now today. Yeah, and this week. Yeah, but does that drive you nuts? Like, you, I, I wake up and I'm like, God damn, it's the exact same as yesterday. Yeah, I, I, that is the thing about LA. It's like time can kind of just slip by, where you feel like it's the, been the same day for the last month. Uh, you know, you you kind of have to really work at making it a different day. Or you take advantage of the sameness in some way, you know, but, but it's always an ongoing challenge to change things up and to approach days differently and approach different ways that I normally would kind of patternistically approach something like find another way of approaching the pattern, you know, like, cause otherwise I'd go crazy. Is your life scheduled by other people in part? Kind of. I mean, it's my preferences right right sure, mixed, no, sure. but they're it's not but, like a random i know no that. no no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. it's not like suddenly like oh now i've got All this right. um but no i mean it is like it's a it's arranged like you know time has time is found so if hmm. someone's like hey man i want to do this thing and be like well let's find a time i just like make sure that my management is included so that i'm not double booking something you know yeah. so that it can make it a reality isn't that fascinating though like your your existence has now it's been like blocked. It's been blocked. It has, it's in rather things exist within blocks and, and yeah. scheduled. I mean, not that you don't have room for spontaneity, but like, yeah, no, it's a weird quality to have. Yeah. It is. It is strange. I mean, it's, you know, it, they're just like, you know, it's like time is just a way to get to these experiences, you know, in a way. And so, um, you know, and I try, I try to leave enough random time for myself to just kind of, you know, have nothing to do because it's really fun to have nothing to do. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a weird time. Weird times. Always weird times. I mean, there's never a day where I'm like, oh, I, I feel really comfortable with my schedule. Like they say, it's always like, what am I doing? Oh, right. Oh, oh, is today free? Oh, cool. I've got today free. <laughs> oh, I've got four hours. Oh, no, I've got that thing. Oh, I told my friend I was going to do that thing. Like it's me always trying to remember what I'm supposed to be doing. Huh. Is most of my existence. <laughs> is that exhausting? Uh, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes I just feel like I just want to have a week where there's nothing planned at all, but things always seem to pop up and, and it's not a bad problem. It's a, it's great. You know, it's good to have things to do, but sometimes I do get a little tired of so many things on my schedule. Well, it's not like that. You said like your schedule is strange, but it's like, I think 
more broadly, you're talking about life. You're talking about your life. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I visualize a time where I can, I, where I, I just visualize a space or a, a way of being in life where I can just, just hang, you know, and not have to, uh, I could just wait for the next thing to inspire me and go right. and then just mobilize some people to like make something happen, you know, and then we just fucking do it. We complete it. We get it out there and then we do the next thing, you know, but just based on what I'm inspired by, you know, that's like the goal. Oof. But right now it's, you know, it's like I'm building the platform for that right now. Yeah. That's, that's what it not. is. It's, um, <laughs> since I've moved here. Yeah. Uh, the the time you talked about where like the personal time the time to just like that's kind of what Sunday is actually like when you t- when I got the email like oh Reggie wants to do this on Sunday yeah. I was like oh man I usually just like stay home on Sunday yeah right and right, I like right. never yeah I just like it's like the day I've dedicated to that in a weird way yeah but I've been wondering like I feel like it's harder to find someone in a way like it's mm-hmm. to, like fall in love with someone but uh-huh. i don't dedicate the time to it just harder to like give yourself over to time and people well in la i've no i've just noticed that i can schedule like i'll have i'll schedule something but then as it as it gets closer to the time at which it's supposed to occur sometimes i'm just like i don't feel like doing that anymore. right and it's and it's like it's hard to predict when you're going to feel like doing something or not feel like doing something and so there's kind of a, a balance that i have to play with by leaving things open but also leaving a chance for things to, to change you know mm-hmm. that, that that and being okay with that but to also trying to learn from that so that i can try to preempt preemptively avoid having to change things last minute mm. which which it's just very difficult because it's you know, and also if you feel beholden, to, you know, to people or not, or if you have a tendency of feeling like if you're a people pleaser and you don't want to like let people down, then that kind of plays into the psychology. Is that what you are? I would say so. Yeah, definitely. To a certain, to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I to a point, if it starts to really put like cut into, if I start to feel grumpy because I feel like I'm not getting enough time for myself, mm. um, then that's a problem. And then I have to adjust that is it hard to reconcile those two things of like oh this is, i need to not do this because it's better for my well-being even though it may be maybe they're not going to be happy about this decision but i need it for my just day-to-day yeah i mean yeah it's it's i mean it's you know it is just being able to be communicative about what you need and just being honest with people you know that because the the more that you do that, the more that people will understand and they'll just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I can acquiesce to that or what have you. Um, or I understand that or, oh, that sucks. But yes, of course. Um, but without being too much of like a, of a flake at the same time, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard because you can't, you can't make everybody happy. You just have to make yourself happy. And that's the hardest part though. Of course. Making yourself, that's the hard, that's what's most frustrating. Yeah, I know. It's like, I can make people other happy like most of the time. Yeah, totally. Myself. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a fucking crapshoot. It's totally crapshoot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, we all are like wrestling with it all the time. It's just like a, it's funny. It's just like a ongoing battle of like, if 
like, ah, did I do this right? Or did I give myself this enough right? Did I do enough of this to make myself? It's just ongoing. Is growing up or adulthood supposed to be us being like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> like this is this, all with all the things we've talked about, uh-huh. like the cumulative response or the end response is like, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with just accepting, ex- accepting who you are, you know, like accepting the things just accepting all, all of who you are because only, only when you do that are you able to actually like move into, you know, the idea of becoming a better version of mm-hmm. yourself. But you kind of have to like accept all of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't like be compart, you can't compartmentally kind of yeah, build yourself up, you know, like bit by bit, like I'll focus on this and then I'll focus on this. You gotta have to two plus two equals four and we'll have a building block and it's yeah, totally. Yeah, but I think that's kind of what it is, is just going like, oh, okay, I've lived with myself long enough. I I, I do know what I'm like, so I'm just going to have to be cool with who I am. Mm. Do you think we're like the best versions of ourselves in these kind of conversations where we're talking about this this yeah. shit? Yeah. We'd when, probably be talking about this anyway if I was just randomly here. Yeah, I mean, I probably would. Yes, I probably would. But, uh, but yeah, but these types of conversations are, I mean, th- hopefully that's what they're that's what they do is ho- hopefully access, have ac- give you access to an aspect to yourself where you can really think about things in a, on a larger context, but also feel it in the moment at the same time, you know? So that, that to me is like the best version yeah. of yourself is having that like large and tiny at the same time, you know, feeling. It came out in the song though, the song that I talked about. I mean, the last oh. line. Oh Yeah. <laughs> you're like reminded of this as i've been talking about it today. Uh-huh. but like yeah you say uh remember to love yourself yeah yeah and then when i was there watching i was like fuck <laughs> you did it it's there awesome. yeah, i got it in there you got it you got it in there it's like oh yeah and by the way always love yourself. yeah, yeah. Look, it's optimism maybe it's you know it's not i don't think it's feigned optimism i think it's it's at a core in you somewhere yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, you have to, it's to yeah, give yourself a break and, you know, you could just like recognize all the good shit that you've done, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's okay. Like that's, it's totally cool to do that because you just have to like, you just give yourself a break. It's really kind of the feeling. That is the phrase. That's, you know? what, that's what my, I remember, uh, <laughs> I like called my, it was my mom. I was in college. Yeah. And I was talking to her about some problem that I had with someone I was dating. And she was like, you got to give yourself a break. And like, I was Man. so wrapped up in it. You know how yeah. we call people like, oh my God, this thing's happening. Yeah. She's like, what do you, just give yourself a break. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, what? That, that's <laughs> like, it's like a weird thing to give perspective. Uh-huh. Because when someone else says it, you're like, oh, fuck you. Like, yeah. Right. What I'm, you're like, it almost feels like they're negating what I'm, you're like, they're not seeing what I'm seeing or yeah. feeling. Yeah. Right. 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 Like they're belittling you and they're some belittling way. it. Yeah. But it's not their emotions. Right. They're just, they're viewing it from the outside, which is how it actually, yeah. You know. Well, and, and, and it's true too. It's like, you know, but people are there to help you. But sometimes when you're in a certain mode, you're like, oh, you're just being a dick or, or like, you don't understand what I'm going through. But really, they're just like, no, you just need to fucking zoom out, like get some fucking perspective on the shit. And you're like, oh, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. You know, it's okay to, it's okay to, I mean, that's what people are around you for is that hopefully they're going to reflect or, uh, you know, instill something 
for you to kind of become aware of. And you're like, Oh, right. You're helping me. You're not, <laughs> everybody's not against me. It's like, which is just like kind of a dumb way of thinking about things. I feel marginally better after all this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. yeah <laughs> that's good. That's what it's about. Marginally, marginal improvements. Uh, last thing. Yeah. So are you okay? Yeah. You, you get like, yeah. You mean in general? Yeah. Like just generally. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm good, I'm good in general. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm working towards my goals, you know, I'm just, I want to be making more cool stuff and, um, I get to work with really great people and I feel like I'm on that path. So that's everything I could be doing to get there is happening. So that's good. Yeah. It's mm. going to happen. It's already happened. There's yeah. going to be more happening. Yeah. There's going to be more happenings. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just, I'm looking forward to, you know, putting some cool stuff out there for people to check out. That's I'm, good. That's going to be good. I'm, 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 can't wait. Yeah. Um, this was good. This yeah. was fun. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for taking thanks the time. Thanks for coming. And thank you for, uh, I'm in your house. Yeah. It's not generally how I do the, av- the avocado house. Well, no, the green thing is there's, you have a little green fetish, I think. Like a little, yeah. It's been slow. Those, sh- those shoes right there. Yeah. It's a little bit of green. Yeah. Just a splash of green. Old, do you? Look, I never hurt anybody. No, That's no, I, I think green's good. Green's on the scene, you know, it gives you. A... <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's been good. It's been good. Thanks for coming. Great, on guys. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there it is. Plenty of people to thank this week Kara Baker, Annie Siegel. Rob Greenwald and Jamie Elise Andrews. Shout out also to our friend of the show, Benjamin Dickinson, for helping make this one happen and for directing Reggie's new special. Speaking of which, you can now stream Spatial on Netflix. You can also catch Reggie playing music and more on The Late Late Show with James Corden, weeknights on CBS. Also, for some good year end viewing, check out Creative Control, a film our friend Ben wrote and directed earlier this year and that Reggie stars in. It's available on Amazon now. Finally, a special thanks to Reggie for coming on Talk Easy and for inviting us into his home to do it. If you've made it this far and have enjoyed what you heard, you may like some of our past episodes with folks like Eric Andre, Kate Micucci, Mac DeMarco, W. Kamau Bell, and others. Secondly, if you have enjoyed what you heard and felt it was time well spent, then do consider giving us a review on iTunes. Talk Easy is primarily a listener-supported program. And the best way you can help support the show right now, in 2016, is by writing a quick sentence about the program or just sharing it with a friend. Or not a friend. Share, share it with anyone. Maybe it's someone that you've been meaning to talk to for a while, but you've needed something to like start the conversation again. Send them Talk Easy. Why not? That, that would help, I'm sure. Um, here's a review we liked this week from Joel Maynard, who wrote, Talk Easy feels akin to a podcast version of Linklater's Before Trilogy in its ability to take an ordinary idea, two people having a somewhat rambling, honest conversation for a long time, and turn it into something fresh and compelling. In this post-election season, listening to Talk Easy on my commute has been deeply therapeutic. You don't have to be that kind in the review. That is arguably the nicest thing anyone has ever said about me or or the show. Um, but if you want to be 
that generous, uh, uh, yeah, you could do that. That that would be great. Um, And thank you to uh, Joel for supporting the show. If you're not currently doing so already, you can subscribe to the program on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. If you want to drop us a line about anything, feel free to email the show at talkeasypod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TalkEasyPod, as well as our website, www.talkeasypod.com. Our music this week, every week, is by Vanilla. Our executive producer is David Chen. Graphics by Ian Jones. Illustrations by Krishna Shenoy. Social media by Maria Mayela. The show is produced and edited by Corey Atad. I'm your host, Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to Talk Easy. I'll see you next week. The Medal of Honor podcast is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. It's a special thing to be a member of Navy Federal because they're a member-owned, not-for-profit credit union that invests in their members with amazing rates and low fees. That's why members earn and save more every year. If you are active duty, a veteran, or have a family member who is a veteran or service member, you're eligible for membership. Become a Navy Federal member today. Navy Federal Credit Union. Members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, Enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.